Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Blank Slate. Today, we're talking about ego defense mechanisms. We're going to explain all the different types of ego defense mechanisms, what they are, how they show up, and why they even happen in the first place. So let's get into ego defense mechanisms. In a testament to early psychoanalysis, multiple post-Freudian theorists and researchers continue to research and hone into what ego defense mechanisms are. For example, Alfred Adler developed a similar idea of safeguarding strategies and Karen Horney developed um, protective strategies used by children of abusive or neglectful parents. Yes, Leon Festinger also developed um, the concept of cognitive dissonance. Carl Rogers developed the process of defense as denial and perceptual distortion. And Albert Bandura conceptualized defenses as self-exoneration mechanisms. Um, Also, the influential psychiatrist George Villant organized defenses on a scale from immature to mature, defining them as like an unconscious homeostatic mechanism that reduces the disorganizing effects of sudden stress. So current discussions of coping coping mechanisms and emotion regulation embody the idea of the ego defenses as well. Um, And this is coming from research from Psychology Today, which has kind of gathered all of the still relevant research on ego defense mechanisms. And it essentially just talks about how, yes, Freud's ideas, you know, were still developed on, built upon, and all these other researchers have continued to use the ideas in their own theories, and we still use them today in modern psychodynamic therapy. Right. So even though these ideas are old kind of thing we still use them in modern day practice and they're still extremely relevant and ego defense mechanisms I feel like are even coming up in like pop culture kind of thing like in psych 1a I think we learned about them yeah a lot of the time it can be so misconstrued so that's why we're doing it now and kind of providing more of an educational light on it Mm -hmm. so the ego is the part of the mind that conscious and conscious it's responsible for personal identity The ego creates stories about other people's actions in relation to who we are and what people think about us, and also our own beliefs about ourselves. The ego is what interprets reality and who we are as individuals. Ego defense mechanisms are largely unconscious processes that happen when a person is under stress or feels overwhelmed in some way. Defense mechanisms can function to preserve a narrative about yourself, someone else, and shelter the person that they're happening within from pain, shame, and other more difficult emotions. When we're engaging in an ego defense mechanism, often unconsciously, it makes it difficult to be authentic, to take accountability, and it might lead to difficulties in relationships with others as well as life functioning. So today we're going to talk about 10 common ego defense mechanisms. Some of them might be more familiar to y'all, you know, such as projection. I feel like that's been becoming really popular in social media and pop culture. We also might talk about others that are less familiar, but still really present and important to know. So we'll kind of go through them. We'll pause. We'll kind of talk about how they show up in our lives. 
Um, but we want to start out with projection. We feel like this is really one of the more common ones recently. So projection is when someone attributes any thoughts or feelings that they're having onto someone else. So this could look like, you know, I'm having feelings of low self-worth and someone doesn't text me back. And I'm like, that person hates me, right? There's really no evidence that this other person hates me. They haven't done anything to show me that. But I'm already having these, these feelings of low self-worth that are making me vulnerable to projection those thoughts and feelings onto someone else right and that can make interpersonal relationships like relationships with other people really difficult if someone is engaging in the defense mechanism of projection for example if you're like oh I really don't like myself like Teresa said we might see like reach out to our partner and be like you hate me huh kind of thing yeah. and then be causing problems when they're like no dude like I'm chilling like everything's fine why are you causing problems kind of thing yeah I feel like we see this a lot in like people with social anxiety right as I said like the texting example or like in relationships it's like if we don't have constant you know affirmation then we would be like okay um this person doesn't like me I'm projecting all my negative thoughts and feelings and notice too people don't really project their positive thoughts and feelings like no one's being like oh that person texted me <laughs> so quickly they love me like we only use these things to project our our you know really more negative or uncomfortable thoughts or feelings right totally I (laughs) I feel like that kind of goes into like trauma therapy the brain Mm -hmm. as a survival mechanism does hold on to the more negative interactions as a form of like oh gotta remember this so I know how to be more likable or I know like how to get me like if you think about the primitive human brain like into the group so I can survive because as primitive humans we survived in groups so if we thought that someone didn't like us we would hold on to that and we'd be like oh my gosh I need to hold on to this for my survival so I know I don't Mm -hmm. upset other people yes exactly hence ego defense mechanism right exactly So another one is denial. Um, So denial is avoiding becoming aware of a painful reality. This can look like someone denying someone's death, um, cancer, a breakup, something very painful that they don't want to accept. So they just kind of say that it's not happening. Mm -hmm. And I feel like an offshoot of this, maybe like underneath the umbrella is like minimization too. Maybe minimization is like less severe um, where we're just like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's not, you know, it's not a big deal. It it doesn't matter. I'm not hurt. Uh, I feel like that kind of goes along with the denial. It's like when we start to have some conscious awareness to whatever it is that we're denying, perhaps it goes into minimization. Totally like denying the severity of the issue as well. Like, oh, we'll work it out or, oh, it's no big deal kind of thing when you really should be taking it more seriously. And it probably is a really painful thing. That your brain just kind of like doesn't want to handle. Exactly. Next, we're going to talk about splitting. Um, Y'all may have heard of a similar idea from CBT. It's black and white thinking or all or nothing thinking. But essentially, you know, something or someone is all good or all bad. You know, you view things in a very black and white, rigid manner there isn't a lot of room for gray or being in the middle ground so this can show up in different relationships with people um this could show up in situations for example you know you might view like one parent as all good and one parent as all bad you know this might show up in friendships or i mean even in the workplace right it's like as soon as we start to dislike something we're like this place is horrible 
And we start to use that language also that's like always, never um, feeling like, you know, it's always going to be this way. Right. And splitting can be really dangerous because, again, it's an unconscious defense mechanism. So Mm -hmm. if one thing is going bad about a situation or person, we might mark that situation or person as all bad or conversely all good. And it's more healthy to exist in a gray area because more things honestly are in a gray area. Right. Like could really anything be completely good or bad or completely defined and rigid and black and white like especially when it comes to people we know people are gray we know people are complicated like we know everyone has more helpful and unhelpful qualities right and this isn't to say like this is you know aside from traumatic events which yes are probably all bad like we're not saying that but like in more mundane everyday things like oh my god my best friend did this thing that really hurt me instead of saying like they're a bad best friend maybe saying like oh I wonder what was going on or like maybe I can talk to them about it maybe they're not bad maybe you know it's something we can work on instead of like you know trashing the friendship or the person right it's like taking the situation or an action and being like now this whole person is bad because of their action right Mm -hmm. exactly so then another defense mechanism is regression regression is returning to an earlier stage in development so this can look like if you have like a toddler or um, a young child and then all of a sudden they have a new baby brother or sister they might regress as a defense mechanism into an earlier stage of development so they might start wetting the bed or something like that yeah I feel like we mostly hear about this you know when a child is expecting like a younger sibling when another kid comes into the picture and now that older child like wants the parents attention but I think we also see this in other life transition phases really right like when people go away to college and all of a sudden they really want to be cared for they really want to be taken care of right and it's like kind of stepping into that adulthood is scary and we're like well wait how can we stay back in this other time period so I feel like regression is something to look out for during like any life transition period totally I know when I'm sick the first thing I think of is oh I wish someone was here taking care of me making me soup and doing all that even though I haven't had that since I was like a child but like when I'm sick or like vulnerable like I feel Mm -hmm. like my first kind of thing is to like you know you want that you have that moment of regression where you're just like ugh, no yeah like i just want to be taken care of yes (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's regression (laughs) so moving on next we're going to talk about rationalization so this is when people come up with you know reasons or explanations to try and justify their behavior right and this is aimed at like reducing the guilt obviously that that behavior produced could be you know I didn't pass this exam because it was way more difficult than the other year right versus saying like oh maybe I wasn't prepared enough maybe I didn't sleep well maybe I didn't spend enough time studying right we're looking to put the blame somewhere else on someone else right exactly and again the ego defense mechanism comes out to kind of preserve the narrative Mm -hmm. you have about yourself and kind of shield yourself from wrongdoing kind of right So another ego defense mechanism that is very, very different is dissociation. There are two elements of dissociation, um, depersonalization and derealization. Depersonalization means a sense of detachment from oneself and one's identity. 
derealization is when things or people around them seem seem unreal. So depersonalization is not feeling inside your body or like not knowing your own name, your birthday, kind of forgetting major things about who you are. Derealization might feel like you're floating, like you're viewing yourself from above, you're out of your body, you're in a movie, or you're in like the twilight zone kind of situation. Yeah, and another thing too about dissociation is that it happens on a spectrum, right? Those I feel like are really higher level dissociate dissociative states. And even low level dissociation looks like zoning out a lot, right? If you find yourself zoning out throughout your day, like that's dissociation too. Totally, like not wanting to be in reality. So unconsciously, mm-hmm. you check out of reality. Mm-hmm. And this happens again on a spectrum. It can happen during yeah. a trauma. It can happen if you're bored or don't want to be somewhere. It, it all depends. Exactly. The next one is somatization. So this is when psychiatric problems become physical. You know, we see this a lot with anxiety and then people having GI tract problems, right? Or having stomach issues or even having chest pain. Um, So essentially it's when, you know, something is going on mentally that maybe we don't want to deal with. So it's being, you know, unconsciously expressed in our body as some sort of discomfort or pain in our body. So we want to differentiate what Teresa was describing suppression, which is conscious. It's a conscious act to repression, which is an unconscious act. When we repress something, we unconsciously, our brain kind of goes into unconscious mode is like, Oh, you should forget this kind of thing, but we don't realize we're doing it. So a lot of times this comes up in traumatic childhoods when people are like, Oh no, my childhood was totally fine. Like not a big deal. And then maybe they're triggered and they remember something and they didn't, like willfully forget it like suppression but they repressed it which Mm -hmm. is again unconscious right yeah so just the main differentiation is suppression is like i am consciously trying to make myself forget something right exactly another defense mechanism which i love and can be really damaging to relationships (laughs) is um humor so um a lot of the times we defend against things with humor or like make jokes at inappropriate times kind of thing and this can be really tough on relationships if someone's gonna like trying to have um, a mature conversation or a serious conversation about something the last thing you want is someone making a joke out of it thing and this Mm -hmm. may be like an unconscious desire to lighten the mood to like preserve the relationship when actually it's hurting the relationship Right. And we see this a lot when people struggle with depression. You know, it's it's people want to make jokes about depression. They're like, I want to tell someone I'm struggling, but I don't want them to think it's that serious. I don't want them to worry about me. So people will go to humor. And I also want to say too, like, you know, not everyone even considers this an ego defense mechanism, you know, different theories and researchers, you know, would have different opinions on it. But I think, you know, obviously, because humor all the time is not an ego defense mechanism, but it can be used as one in a way to get away from those feelings, or essentially, maybe to minimize, um, you know, when you want to share feelings with someone, but not make them appear as heavy as maybe they actually feel. Right, exactly. So now we've gone through a lot of the common ego defense mechanisms, and we want to talk about, you know, what to do when when we do start to notice them showing up. We know the purpose, right? It's to defend us from some sort of uncomfortable emotion, which typically is shame 
or anger, um, but it could be something something else for a different person. Um, and we know that it's difficult to take responsibility too. So that's why once we have the awareness, it's important to know, okay, what do I do with this now? Now that I realize, oh, I am displaying or engaging in an ego defense mechanism. Right. And so how we kind of move forward from that is developing a non-defensive stance about ourselves and others and less judgment, like less inner judgment. Um, I think it's helpful to pause, notice like what's going on for us emotionally and not judge ourselves. A lot of people are really harsh on themselves on (laughs) themselves and that's how ego defense mechanisms develop. So we just want to be very mindful when we're being mean to ourselves and instead of judging ourselves just being curious about what's going on and like diving into that instead of you know again that self-judgment criticism and fear yeah it's interesting you say criticism because when I think of ego defense mechanisms I think of like the inner critic right and we begin to criticize ourselves that's the only role that our inner critic you know can can engage in is to criticize ourselves and so I think it's important to directly challenge that and yeah being curious instead of assigning a value judgment of like I'm good or bad you know like I'm a good friend or a bad friend it's like well no why am I doing this okay, what's the deeper need there? Can I meet that need? Exactly. And I like reframing everything as like opportunities for growth and a challenge. When I'm noticing something that's kind of triggering a defense mechanism in me, I try to pause, remove myself from the situation and really Mm -hmm. check in with myself. Like, what is this highlighting for me? Is this an area that I may need to look into and grow from kind of thing? And it's not judgmental. It's just like, oh, maybe I need to grow and improve in this area. Maybe this is hitting on something from my childhood. Maybe this is hitting on something like a negative core belief that I have about myself. Maybe I really need to look at this instead of developing these walls and defense mechanisms around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think a lot of times people think self responsibility means I have to shame myself along the way. That's really not what it is. That was such a good point. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. That is a wrap on our episode about ego defense mechanisms. We hope this was just a good general overview of like clinically, what are ego defense mechanisms? Where do they come from? How can you talk about them and what the purpose of them are? I really hope y'all use this information just for better understanding of your relationships or bring it to therapy or just having more empathy for people and the things that our brains do to try to protect us from overwhelming experiences in life. Um, Our resource this week is a book called Psychoanalytic Diagnosis, Understanding Personality Structure in the Clinical Process by Nancy McWilliams. This is geared more towards therapists and mental health providers, but it can also just be interesting to learn about as well if you're not a therapist. Um, And again, we thank you all and we hope this was an informative episode for you. Thank you everyone for listening. We hope this has been helpful to you on your mental health journey. Please like and subscribe to our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram. I'm at Therapy with Robin and Teresa is at Teresa Brown Walmus. Thanks. <laughs>